Hi everyone and welcome to episode 249 of the Mike White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John back here, see? How are we doing? I'm pretty good, mate, you? Yeah, not bad, Tom. Good. Well, it's easier to be in a decent mood, isn't it, when Leeds have such a really good start to the year? Uh, when we're the informed team in the country. Yeah, Daniel Farker deservedly wins manager of the month. Right before playing the team at the bottom of the league, what can go wrong? At the bottom of the league with an injury crisis. Who haven't won an away game all season. <laughs> Paging Dr. Leeds. <laughs> Paging Dr. Ten Man Wigan. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's been an excellent start to the year. Obviously, we've had to miss a couple due to work commitments, mostly down to me. But Casey has also started a new job, which has made him slightly more busy. Um, yeah. But I suppose the long and short of it, we will briefly talk about the Plymouth replay a little bit. The long and short of it is, although Southampton have got a game in hand, we are now only one point off second. We're basically going up, is how I read that situation. As champions? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Despite my early predictions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, it's been a great start to the year. We will briefly talk about the Plymouth game itself, because... um, Obviously, that was the last one. I actually didn't see the first half of this. Because I saw, I saw the second half and the extra time, which was by far the main bit to see. Um, the only the only disappointment with it was that it actually made it into extra time, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's, it was very much uh, the one thing you didn't want to happen. happen. Much like with the, the first leg, really, the one outcome you really didn't want is is entirely what happened um yeah it was i mean we we played fairly well um rattled the yeah. woodwork a couple of times <laughs> yeah it's not like oh well we just managed to drag it into extra time and then ran away from them we should have just won it but i must have there was some of that in extra time after we had made all the changes you know because I, I thought that the players that were out there did pretty well but once you bring on like Rute running at really tired players seemed harsh Somerville running at really tired players seemed harsh was it um Phillips their their defender who I think he went through the back of Jorginho and as if his smackdown stamina meter had run out he stayed on the floor just at on the incredibly wet floor, I imagine, by that point, just go, oh. Because um, they only had six subs as well for that game. So they, they you know, I know obviously um, JB and Forshaw were both in, uh, ineligible for that one. Um, yeah. So they, they were struggling numbers-wise. And you could tell one stoppage time when they just didn't have the legs for it. And you, and you said, like you say, you had Bamford, Jorginho, Somerville, and uh, the man on the mission to get a goal, Joffe, um, terracing around essentially when whenever they felt like it. Yeah, he, he should, objectively talking about the game, he probably shouldn't be the headline, but that's the first thing I want to talk about from that game. He looked a bit more like himself, didn't he? Joffe? He's alive. That's this was well. a bit more like it. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it won. It, it was really nice to see him because I, I think um, 
see, seeing Joseph start ahead of him is is it's still a bit tough to watch. And I know there's there's been a few people talking about him recently. I think more towards the end of the transfer window with with a few players going out. Like I, I don't think Leeds had any intention to sell him, but at the same time, they've not really showed any intention to use him. It's, it's he's stuck in this little purgatory. Um, he he played like if he didn't score a house was going to blow up with a child in it. Um, <laughs> there's, I, th- I think there's one where there's a, where it's going out at the back post and he's just diving in just to keep it in play. And, um, but no, I, and, and I thought he looked quite good for, for playing off the right as well, cutting inside. Cause you know, he, he, we've seen, he does like running at players. He likes taking people on. And I think it gives him that bit of space to do it without the pressure of having to, to lead the line or be as technically uh, creative as Ruter or Somerville are. Yeah, he was. Um, he just seemed to be really going for it. And he had, obviously, he had the effort there in the post later on, but he just, he, he seemed a lot more front foot, a lot more like himself. I do think part of that is that he was playing a bit deeper, you know, and... I mean, it was specifically off the right, which is the thing that I've been wanting to see. But he's the—I think that he's—he's he's so much better going towards goal than he is with his back to goal. Yeah. Um, so it, it was very nice to see it. I, I was really happy to see him come on, just because he—he he has been on the bench for for weeks now, without a sniff of coming on. Um, I. I don't. I suppose you still probably get envious of Matteo Joseph coming on in the ninety-first minute every week because it's still more game time than than he's getting. But yeah, um, especially especially when I know that he wouldn't want to do this, but it's not like he's playing in the twenty-ones role either. No, he's just he's sat not there. playing football. Him and Charlie Cresswell must have had a great time just keeping up with each other recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was really good. Um, obviously, Nonto got another goal, second in a week, which is good to see. And this, I really liked this goal. The bit of play before it was nice, but just the way he just got it out of his feet and hit it. Seemed like suddenly a bit of confidence was back. I mean, you don't know if it is confidence or not, but it just seemed a bit more like that. Because he would hit ball, he'd hit the ball really early last season, wouldn't he? Quite a lot. Yeah. And we seem to be seeing that again. And that, that can't be doing anyone any harm. Um, the only other thing I think we're... So there was two, probably. Uh, one, what did you think of Matteo Joseph getting a start and how do you reckon he got on? Um, I only really saw the second half bit of the performance, which was good, but by all accounts, he was probably better in the first. Yeah, I, th- I thought he did fairly well. Um, you, you'd probably say... He 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 did his job. I, I don't know if I'd, I'd stretched so far as to say he impressed, but he definitely didn't look out of place. I, I still think it's a tough one for anyone with Piru behind, and that's not a knock on Piru. Mm. I think it's an odd, just an odd situation to be playing in. Um, but yeah, he, he led the line fairly well. He... Um, I think he pressured a few defenders fairly well and would put himself in for challenges when the ball's up in the air. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, he was, he was absolutely fine. Well, and then the only other thing to talk about is Joe Gordon played 120 minutes. Charlie Cresswell was sat right there. Like, I know that he's really good and he's really important. But, like, can, can this, we even rested Anthony and didn't bring him on and we still, nah, Gordon, you're playing. I th- yeah, I feel like once the third's gone in, def- then just, even if it is however minutes left there was, yeah, six, seven minutes or however much there is, I couldn't even remember by that point. But, yeah, get him off. Yeah, because, I mean, we made five subs, but we, we had a sixth because it went to extra time. Nah. I, I don't care if you bring it, if you if you brought on Van den Hervel, to be honest, in that situation. We were so, <laughs> once it was like 4-1, we could have played, we could have brought anyone on there, it'd have been fine. But get through, um, the reward is Chelsea away after they, I didn't even watch the highlights of this, but they, by the sounds of it, absolutely spanked Villa at Villa. It's uh, from the bits I listened to. It sounded like Chelsea's best performance in a fair while. Yeah, it's almost like they've got like you know a billion plus pound squad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know with this, but at least when I look at certain team squads, I think, yeah, you know, this really expensively assembled team, and then I look at Chelsea and like this overly expensively assembled team. Yeah. Like you've spent far too much on these toys. Yeah. So there was a um a couple of late transfers in the window, and because we didn't get a pod in last week, we'll briefly talk about it. And we'll start with the in, uh, Connor Roberts, who they tried their best to make it look like they were going to make a mess of towards the end of the window by not announcing it until about five minutes after the transfer window had shut. Um that it's a very rare thing for Leeds. Leeds needed a right back, and that right back that everyone said made a load of sense. They've signed. Yeah, it's a welcome to Wales United, uh, Connor Roberts. Um, you know he knows the lads. He knows the he knows the guy who's going to be playing one inside for him. He knows the winger who's going to be starting ahead of him. Yeah, and he also knows Abdi. But he like literally, if this was you know old FIFA chemistry, it's Leeds. Oh, there's there's yellow people. lines everywhere. That's the people he is next to. Yeah, it's, it's got a you know a line to the left, diagonal line into the middle, line up the line. Brilliant. It's all it's all coming together. Um, yeah, nice common sense. We should have tried it more often. Yeah, and the the probably more interesting ones to talk about are the the outs. Um, with apologies to Jack Jenkins, who for whom there isn't much to say. Good, good luck at Halifax. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Sean McGurk, who's gone to Swindon. I, I'm a little bit sad about that, genuinely. Like, uh, he he was a lot of fun to watch in the 21s. Hmm. And how he hasn't made, like, three sub-appearances, I don't know. I suppose, yeah, I, think- be- I suppose it was because Perveda was still here. Like, if Perveda was gone, he might have played a couple of games. Like, I know we'll come on to him as well, but... You can say, I have to be honest, I don't think Perveda would have. I, if, I don't think McGurk would have if Perveda wasn't here, because there has been a few games where we've named two goalkeepers on the bench. And, like, Sean McGurk looks like quite a tidy footballer. And, you know, I think that he's probably... Like, I think he's going to do well. I'm going to say that I think he'll do well at Swindon. But he... 
as a, like before going to Swindon, I don't know if they've played a game. They will have probably played a game since and they'll have played in that. But if he's played there, I'm fairly sure that's his first senior appearance. And he's mm. 20. Like, but just he just never got a go. And I don't think for a second he was actually going to be good enough to play for us. But he was good enough to have played in a League Cup game or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I find it a, a bit disappointing that he never. I, I mean, I, I suppose as you look at it, the I mean, the time again he was he was going to get in the squad would have been during the revolt at the start of the season. Yeah. Um. Or or in one of the League Cup games last season, I, I sort of understand it as. You know, but by by the end of the season, Graffia and Allardyce were never going to think. Let's throw this little ginger lad in and see what he can do. Marshmallow, uh, just as yeah. a complete panic move. Does does he come off the Does he come off the touchline? Great, get him in. <laughs> um, but yeah, like from what I've seen, he he's not you know good attacking player and I think if he gets a run of games he'll be he'll have a solid career. Hopefully. Um you just mentioned him, uh Jan Paveda. He's got it is technically just a loan to Chef Wednesday, but at the end of the season his contract's up, so that's that. Um I mean I suppose even despite him going out, you I would go as far as to say he has had a good season because he went from at the start of preseason Absolutely no chance he's going to be playing. To playing some games, and and looking good in them, and he did fine in them. He didn't do great. But he still had the same issue of there was no real end product. But he did he looked, fine. He, he looked. I think. I think the thing I'd give him is he probably looked a bit more disciplined than mm. I think he did when he first played under Bielsa, um, and and that is probably down to. You know, a year and a year and a bit. You know, if you take out his, his time injured at Blackburn, of getting actual first team football with men. So you know, I, th- I think he, I think he could look after himself a little bit better. I think he was more disciplined off the ball. Um, but you know, he, he provided a decent option when we when we needed someone during those few weeks when you know two of our wingers were. Um, we'll say unhappy with their situations. Well, that makes me mind up about which order we'll talk about the last two. <laughs> uh, confirmed earlier today, Luis Sinistera to Bournemouth, roughly £20 million. I think everything can be summed up by Leeds' statement. Leeds United can confirm Luis Sinistera has joined AFC Bournemouth in a permanent deal for an undisclosed fee. <laughs> there you go. That's Leeds United's statement. Um, yes, he's... Uh... That's it. So long and good luck. I don't recall saying good luck. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he's not even been future endeavoured uh, in wrestling parlance. Uh, he's just been. Uh, he's just been allowed to go, and uh, quite frankly, we're all okay with it. Yeah, no one's bothered. Um, it sounds. I mean, Leeds have managed to, in terms of just for transfer fees, make a small profit. And it gives us a bit of wiggle room on the financial regulations, which I'm sure helps. I, uh, I, th- I think as you look at it, the and I think the reason why we're inclined to do it at this point is 
if we'd have been in Leicester's position, I think you'd have held out. Because you go back up, and even though he's not played for us this season, you can hold out for another 10 million, probably, as a, as yeah, a Premier League club. It was never, ever going to play for us again, even if we did go back up. But you yeah. might have got more money. Yeah, your bargaining position was much better. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the position we're in, and again, this is this is not a complaint about the position we're in, because again, the numbers are fantastic. 30 games, so, 60 points. So, so are Southampton and Leicester's, unfortunately. <laughs> um, there, there isn't that, that sense that we are definitely going up, so it's probably better to take the cash now um, than risk some sort of issue coming up again in the summer if he comes back because yeah he, he won't play again I you know wouldn't set foot at, at Thorpe Arch again but if if something were to happen then and you know if there's a another falling out between him and Angus Kinnear then all of a sudden you you trying to bomb out someone and, and potentially making a bit of a loss on them so it probably makes sense to, to get the get the money in now it's guaranteed um and we could all move on. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Like there, there is, there's a little bit of a retroactiveness with Leeds fans where you you are hearing a lot of people go, "It was shite the whole time anyway," which isn't true. No, but he was still, he was he was injured a bit. He, <laughs> oh yeah, he's absolutely a dick, and he was injured a, and he was injured a fair bit last season. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, yeah, he's a dick. Uh, someone who I don't think is a dick, and one where, given everything, I I, I understand it and stuff, but there's still a tinge of disappointment in it for me. Uh, Leo Yelder has gone to Sunderland for a couple of million pound. I'm still, I'm really hoping that there is a sell-on fee because I still think that he's a good player. And you'd think um, you'd think Sunderland is a decent place to go to get a bit of an opportunity. Like I don't think it, you know, with where they are, he's not going straight into that team. But they are a club. I mean, he did go. But what it's worth, he did go straight into the team at left back and started the first game yeah. and got quite good reviews. Um, but the he's not. I I here we are. The plug that no one gives a fuck about in the thing that I helped that I wrote for the worker report. Uh, the I was basically saying this year I don't necessarily think he's going to make a massive impact, but next year I think he really will, and that's what I like. That's still long term, what I reckon it'll be. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at Leicester becoming the uh, sorry, Sunderland becoming the Leicester model as it got christened of the championship of just we're going to get these youngish players in, you know late teens, early 20s, we will give them a chance and we will sell them on for a fair bit because that is absolutely what is going to happen to Jack Clark. Yeah. Um, right, by the sounds of it, it's, it very nearly happened about four times in January. Yeah, and, and I know they they paid a decent bit to, to get him in in the end, but... Um, that was a weird transfer because it was a free, wasn't it? But with loads of add-ons that were quite achievable and yeah. now they've paid like 10 million for him. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you you look at Sunderland's team and 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 sort of the the philosophy at the moment. They are fully willing to to give players a chance who've not had a lot of game time before. Mm. Um, so you know, again, the hope is that yeah, we've 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 got you know a ten percent sell on clause in there or something like that, so that if he does if he kicks on and and gets sold on, we can we can get a little bit more out of the deal. 
Um, it, it really says how... Um, I know he must have had... He must not have looked great in training either. But he was he was bombed out of that squad so quickly after, what was it, the Ipswich game. Yeah, that, that was the thing with it. He had a couple of bad games at the start. And to his one of them, I still don't think he was nearly as bad as people were letting on. The other one he was. Like... He, he was, or was it the? I think it was. Was it the Cardiff game opening day of the season? He was shit. Like hmm. he just was. But the, um, I still overall think that there's a good player in there, and I, I'll be interested to see what he does. I, but when he wasn't playing at all and he wasn't involved, getting like two, two and a half million for him again, making a profit on him. I can't particular. I I can't like sit here going, oh, it's a terrible idea to sell him. It's not like when you're in the Premier League and you've got that bit of extra cash where you can just go, fuck it, we'll chance it. In this league, you can't really take those sort of chances and you have to take the money while it's there, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what, it could be difficult if you are a season ticket holder for the 21s. Uh, I know, I know are, no such thing exists. Yeah, but, uh, they are not good at the moment. They, they are not good and they've sold some and they've got rid of some of the players. It's properly kids and Sonny Perkins. And and the best kids not even there. And, and Sonny Perkins doesn't want to be there. Um, like, um, so basically, like, the 21s are playing tonight. I I think they've played Arsenal. I wouldn't expect it to go well. But what did go relatively well was uh, Leeds got through in the fifth round of the FA Youth Cup. Uh, they won on penalties against Sheffield United. Luckily, they put it up for free on YouTube, which meant a lot more people watched it. Played pretty well. Um, Marley Wilson looked pretty good again, uh, which was nice to see. Uh, Charlie Crew looked good in that game. He, whenever he, it appears, he's in this weird thing where when he plays in 21s, you can, can't tell. In the 18s, he stands out a mile. But man of the match was probably was a uh, Rory Mardy in goal. It was Scotland's under. He's either their under 17s keeper or their under 18s keeper. I'm not sure what level he's playing. I think he's 17, but he uh, he made some good saves. He obviously made a couple of saves in the shootout itself. And the thing that stood out to me was just stepping out with the ball confidently and playing passes. And just, it, you know, it was good to see that level of confidence in such a young goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say I haven't seen anything of this, but um, you know, you always want you always want the eighteen to do well. It still, it, I think people still care about winning the the youth cup. They do, but people but used to pay attention all the way through. Now well, it's like, what we're in the semis, are we? Oh, I'll. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, but I also think now, and and sort of with the way football in this country has gone at the highest levels is there are fewer and fewer players who are involved in winning the FA Youth Cup that then play for the first team and, and I know even like you know you take out the obvious examples um, you know that you don't get many group like our 1997 team you know, you, no. you, it's very unlikely that you're going to get a group with that many young players in. But you'd like to think if your team wins the FA Youth Cup, like two of them might be part of the squad on a regular basis. And that doesn't really happen so often. 
Yeah. It started getting spread around a bit again. I mean, mostly with, you know, clubs that have got super academies with big transfer budgets. But like West Ham won it last year and they've apparently got a good one. Before that, it was Scum. Before that, Villa, Man City, Liverpool. And then you've got that run where Chelsea won it seven times in nine years. And that was the one where when you look at the team, all of them, they they did they didn't all make it at Chelsea, but mm. they nearly all made it to a pretty good level of football. Yeah, where it's all like all these, you know, fifteen, you know, like Jamal Musiala will have been playing in it and stuff before he went out to Bayern and things like that. Um, so yeah, that was that was all. Oh, the other FA Youth Cup thing I was going to mention is Lewis Piri came off the bench. Who we signed from who we nabbed off Aberdeen in the summer. Uh, to be honest, I didn't see enough to really make a judgment, but he has signed pro terms this week. And not that this will really be something we can talk much about, but uh, Jordan Miles was that his name? Uh, Aberdeen's mm. former head of recruitment, we have brought in. Which, by the sounds uh, of it, has been on the, on the cards for months and months and probably was something to do with us signing those couple of kids from up there. It's uh, yeah, interesting time for Jordan Miles. who has gone from NXT to uh, to Aberdeen um, to Leeds. Now his name might not be that now because you're right. Jordan Miles it was a wrestling name, wasn't it? I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I, I I mean I'm not saying oh, no, ACH. Jordan Miles. Oh good. Yeah, I'm not saying ACH is uh <laughs> is, is part of our recruitment team now, but um, there you go. Again, the wrestling references coming thick and fast tonight. Yeah, well, I had him. I had one with that, um, that uh, Chris Miller at Preston, who I was called. No, is is it? It's Luke Miller, isn't it? And I always say Miller because that's how he spells it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who I spent ages calling. Like, I, I there was a few of them that I kept. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Liam Miller of Preston, who I kept calling Chris Miller because I had a play called that on FM once. And I had it, but that, I was convinced that was his name. Um, speaking of uh, names that we likely will get wrong and not know all about, and this is, and that is a disrespectful thing to say. Leeds have got Rotherham at home this weekend. Um, just to put into context exactly what it is, Leeds are the. I think we now have the joint best home record in the league, like two and a half points a game. We have not lost a home game. Uh, Rotherham are the bottom of the league and even more so bottom of the away table. Rotherham's away form has played 14, won 0, drawn 4, lost 10, scored 9, conceded 34. Um, now, all logic and sense... Think, oh, uh, what was the other bit I was going to say about? Oh, yeah, Rotherham are 20-1 to 1 to win this match. If, if, uh, if you are only listening to this, uh, you will not have heard my head in my hands as I shook my head. <laughs> Well, it is so stupid. If this was, if they were going to Leicester or Southampton or Ipswich, or if I'm being really honest, Hull or Coventry, <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Or Norwich, I would have no faith in. Um, there's just a bit of me going. It's it's just the most Leeds United thing in the world. They're so cut adrift. Sheffield Wednesday is probably on that list. <laughs> Yeah, like they they just have been they they've got nothing to show away from home, uh, but they did play fairly well in the one all at their place. Like we were the better side, but they 
it wasn't a ridiculous thing to happen that we drew that game. Um, but I've just had a quick scout through their fixtures, and they normally like a sort of three-five-two slash five-three-two. But when they went away to Borough and when they played Southampton at home, they went straight up five-four-one, more defensive. And I would expect them to do the same in this game. Yeah, um, and, and we we have famously been very good at breaking teams down that uh, will sit deep. Yeah, yeah. For, for Southampton, which Southampton did win two 0 but it was a you know straight up five at the back, four across the midfield, and Jordan Hugel up front to hit long balls at. And I would expect it to be very much the same. Um, when I look at their team. Like, you know, there's there's players that you know, but there's no one who you're looking at going, oh, they're brilliant. Like, you know, Tom Eaves is a big shithouse striker. That non-bear looked quite... Sam non looked quite useful against us. John Hugo, big shithouse striker. That Christier here in midfield has been getting good reviews, but I haven't seen loads myself. Um, They've got a big Sean Morrison at centre-back. Like, and also Lee Peltier will probably play there as well. Their best player by a country mile is Victor Johansson in goal. Like, he's a really good goalkeeper. Um, like, <laughs> Michael Mike Brown getting in the comments saying, don't forget Wigan, who had the worst away record two seasons winning. Now, I know from your comments earlier that you missed first, one of the first things that I said was 10-man Wigan today. <laughs> it's, exactly what, it's exactly the sort of thing that we do. Uh, logically speaking, we should win this game easy. We just absolutely should. Uh, from Fights Press Conference, there's still no Strauk, no James, no Shackleton. And Connor Roberts has only actually had one proper training session with the team because we've had two games. And we are travelling or resting. And he was ineligible for both of them. So, like, he hasn't real German. So, you would assume just on the bench for him for this yeah. game. Although, you, you would hope that he gets a, a decent run out, like, at the very least. Um, so not really comparing it to the Plymouth game because that's not the one to compare it to. You, it's more to compare it to the Bristol City game. Do you think that we'll make any changes? Um, no, I, I, it's been working, hasn't it? Um, I mean, I mean, when it comes to it, I still think there's a serious conversation to have about whether when Strauch's fit you move Roden back into midfield because of how well it's been going recently. Um, but for, did, for did now... You, I think you said Roden then when you meant Amphidou. Sorry, I didn't mean <laughs> um, But, yeah, so I, think, I think we go back to as, as you were for, for the game. You know, it was um, it was really nice seeing Nonto get that goal and I think how much it meant to him in that game. Um Played well against Plymouth, and I know he came off with a a bit of a knock. Um, the, go but... the goal against Bristol City, which we haven't really properly talked about because of how long ago it was, that was an important goal, not just because it was a big win away from home, but you could see that he really needed that. Well, he'd, I, th I think we said before as well, he'd, he'd struggled in the first leg and, and was, was playing like someone trying really, really hard to impress. And just what just wasn't making the right decisions, you know. The, I don't know. He was unlucky in the, uh, in the the you know the original tie because I think he hit the he had that shot tipped onto the bar, didn't he? And he had a couple of chances, but he he was playing like a man who 
instead of just doing his job, was like, I need people to see how what I can do. Yeah. And and, and ended up making a few mistakes. So, it, you know, it was nice to see him get that goal. And I, and I think it's helped him settle down a lot. I think, I think I still think this part of it is him getting used to this new role on the right hand side because you know I think ultimately he'd prefer to be playing on the left, but um, you know I think he'll get there if he keeps doing it. Yeah, and it's it's nice for him to have a hit a decent bit of him while James is still out. Like with the luckily we don't need to worry about it yet. Because, well, not luckily. I'd rather Strauss was fit, but that would be a real weird decision for me because like. Ampadu playing at the back and Grove and Kamara in midfield has been working brilliantly. But gun to my head, I do think but I do think Strauch is a better centre-back than Ampadu and I do think our midfield is better with Ampadu in it. If that, so, is, that is one of them where you know whatever Farker went with, hmm. I'd just say, all right, fair enough. Because I properly think it, once Strauch's fit, the argument... If I was picking it, I probably... Once he's fully fit, I probably would still bring Strauch back in. And move Ampadu back into midfield, but I don't know what to do because he can't really drop because it'd be the harshest thing in the world on Grove. So I, I suppose if you've been winning, you probably end up keeping it the same. Yeah. Um, I look. I'm looking at this team and going, and I can't. I can't see it being out different. If Roberts had trained more, I could maybe see Roberts getting a game because. In theory, this is a fairly easy game to come into, and you maybe give Kamara a rest and put Gray in midfield. But no, I think it'll I think it'll be the exact same. Melian goal, Gray Road and Ampadu Furpo, Grove and Kamara, Nonto Rutter, Somerville, Bamford. Yeah. I, I'd be surprised if it's all different, unless there's a knock that we don't know about. Like the weather conditions were horrendous for that Plymouth game. Grove and Road on both played 120 minutes. Because it's the Rotherham game and you should have like 80% of the ball if you needed to. If if they're like coming through the training things and look a bit leggy, you could rotate either of them out. And I can't see it being a problem. Like, you know, if you needed to take Roden out, move Ampadu over to right centre-back and bring in Cooper, it would be fine. Yeah, and I think it's probably worth saying um, that in this in the last couple of months when, when Cooper's been coming in, he's looked absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Liam Cooper will always be someone that has his detractors, but um, he, he's, looked, he's looked perfectly solid at the back. Yeah. So I, there's not really much to say team-wise. They will sit back, soak up pressure, try and hit long balls forward. I think... Based on the way the first game went, I think they'll probably go with that non-bay instead of Hugo because he had a bit more pace and could actually run in behind and stretch the play a little bit. And he did cause us a bit of problems, so I think it'll probably be him that comes in. Um, but other than that, it's just if we turn up and play well, we should be okay. Um, there's, there has been a sl- there's been a move in the uh, predictions stuff because I've been being quite negative deliberately. So I've been stuck on 24 points for a while uh, because some of the results haven't gone right. Uh, you're still on 38, KC, as is Connie. But Alex has come all the way up to 38 to join in by having, by getting the one-all draw at Plymouth, which is, even though it ended up 4-1, it was one-all. Yep, yep. 
So uh, for this game, Alex has gone 4-0. Uh, Connie's got... Well, Connie has got 2-0. Even I have to go for a win in this one, so I'm going 3-0. Uh, I will go 3-1. 3-1. Yeah, as much as I am the eternal pessimist and I always go for... I always end up saying, oh, no, this will be a draw and stuff. I, there is no logical reason why we shouldn't win this game. Unfortunately, it's Leeds United and we've seen that before. Uh, so, have we anything else that we need to talk about before it gets done? No, I think we're all good. Yeah, yeah like there's like, oh, you know, there was uh, Bamford on the podcast talking about the dickheads that showed up at his house, but truth be told, we don't need to give air to the dickheads. Everyone knows that those people shouldn't fucking do that. Um, I think that that is all of the new stuff. Uh, and then we'll have to try and get a fairly quick turnaround because do we play again Tuesday? Play every Tuesday? three days for the rest of the season at this rate. It is I a mean, bit that like is, that, isn't it? That, that, yeah, is we, factoring, that is factoring in winning the FA Cup, though. Yeah, yeah, Swan, yeah, it's Swansea away on Tuesday night. So probably try and get back in on Monday, sort of early evening. Yeah. So, yeah, that will do us for episode 249 at Mighty White's podcast. Hopefully, we can come back in after a really, really comfortable win. I've been Jack. See you. And Casey, have a good one.